0: He's going to take his girlfriend. He's going to crush his dreams. Lando's going to be down in a Haas somewhere with, with no girlfriend and no possibility of winning a championship. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Formula America podcast. We're your host, Curtin Dillon, Dylan. And we don't have a race this week. So this is a perfect opportunity to hop on and talk about some of these news events that have taken place recently in the Formula One world. The rumors, yep. We obviously the elephant in the room is yesterday the announcement of the Nick DeVries Danny Ricardo swap, which we talked about a little bit, but we've had a little bit of time for the dust to settle and a little bit more information's come out about that. So we want to dive into that. Also, a couple of the drivers talking about potential changes to the quality format, which I, I could see going either way. Um and then Alex Albon. There's uh A top team that is kind of alluding to the the fact that they might want him driving their car. So I think you missed your air quotes around top team. (laughs) Uh, Nowadays it's so fluid, except for Red Bull. (laughs) Everybody else is all over the place. A top performing car with a subpar team. Let's go with that one. Oh yes. All right, but first, Dylan, I, I do have a question for you. With the announcement of Danny Ricardo taking over for Nick DeVries, which, which is a little earlier than everybody speculated. We all thought mm-hmm. it would be after summer break. But does this mean the official start to silly season or is this just like a preseason warm-up?
1: I almost brought that up on the podcast, the quick one we did about Danny going to AlphaTauri because you predicted a couple of weeks ago a very silly summer break for driver shakeups. Which I don't see. I don't think it's going to be that silly. I think there's going to be a couple of announcements. But I think everyone's contracts are too long. So I don't see it being nearly as crazy as last year.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, we only have, I think, two more races until uh, the the break starts in August. So buckle What about you? Same question back. (laughs) Uh, I I think that this is a warm-up. I think it's it's like a preseason exhibition. For The actual silly season. Um, I'm still holding on, and I think there's going to be a massive silly season. And I think, still, I don't know, and maybe I'll back off my original prediction. I think one of the two Ferrari drivers is going to leave early. ooh that's ooh. I, I, we'll I get into I that. We'll get family. into that.
1: We're going to cover that with the right. driver and Albon and all that good stuff. So, first, Danny
0: Rick. Yeah, so the thing with the Danny Rick is. I have I've read a couple different reports now, and the one that I keep seeing the most is that they were in talks with Daniel going going into the Silverstone weekend, and that he originally was kind of opposed to it, basically saying that he didn't want to come in mid season. He wanted to start at the beginning of 2024. That way, he could have the preseason to kind of build up and not have to jump in the car cold like right away. Yeah. Um, the other story that I I read, which I don't know how likely it is, is that after his Silverstone test uh, yesterday, actually Helmut Marco and Christian Horner got on the phone and were like, yo, his times are good. Put him in the car. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know which one. I bet it was a little right. bit of
1: both. I mean, there's no way that Christian Horner, there was no way there wasn't backroom talks about, Hey, if you do well at Silverstone, there's options. It might be yeah. Alpha It might be Checo. It might,
0: we don't know, but there's options you need to perform.
1: Like, I'm sure that conversation happened. True. Um, I'm sure
0: if he got in that car at Silverstone and just immediately put it into a wall or something, they'd be like, ah, maybe not.
1: I mean, it was six, what was it? Six, seven weeks ago that he was down in Italy getting fitted for a seat for AlphaTauri. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think the talks have been happening. It's been an option. It also wouldn't surprise me if he would have preferred, you know, starting fresh in 2024 as opposed to getting in cold. Um. But you're also, you know, don't look the gift horse in the mouth. Yeah, uh, yeah there
0: are some good points made on that where they're going to put somebody in that car mid-season, And if it's not you, likely Liam Lawson. And if he gets put there, you're performs, basically that door is shut. Yeah, yeah, you're not getting back. So I think it was smart on his part to take it. Yeah. Um, but on the the test yesterday, the, uh, Lawrence Barreto was saying in one of his reports that Apparently the times that he set were good enough to start on the front row during the Silverstone race. Yeah. Which is but awesome that's, <laughs> I
1: think that's a skewed, that's awesome. I'm glad to see that Danny still got it, but it's a skewed line because you weren't there in Q1 when the track was rapidly drying, and you set Checo sets the P1 pace at the checkered flag at 0.00. Where no one, you know, everyone crosses the line and that's that. He's in P1 and he drops all the way to P15 because the track dried that fast. Like, that could have happened. Probably wouldn't have happened to Max. He would have been too far ahead. But, like, the track was like, it's not apples to apples there. Um, Maybe it wasn't Q3, but you you had to survive Q1, which was not a straight shootout. Um, So, I don't know. I don't think that's apples to apples. I'm glad to hear that he still got it. That... You know, was it uh, Logan Sargent that they were having to pad the um, neck brace because his neck wasn't strong enough. And so he was having to lean against the sides in the beginning when he of started? the season. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, K-Mag. It was K-Mag. That's K-Mag right. K-Mag when he came back. Um, like, you know, that just doesn't sound good. You're like, you have not been preparing for <laughs> being back in an F1 car. Doesn't, you don't know, hear that stuff from Danny. You just hear that he set great times. Like, cool. All right. Danny's still got it. He's a proven racer. Put him
0: in the car. Um, but I am glad to hear that he was fast. Yeah, and there's still the fact that that was on a track all by himself. Yes. Now he's got to get in a car and race with other people as well. Yeah. So you got to see, you know how how quickly he can knock the rust off on that one when he's surrounded by 19 other people.
1: That's exactly right.
0: So, um, I'm excited
1: to see it. I can't wait for him to be in that alpha Tauri. I their merchandise sales is to be through the roof. I mean, I'm expecting you to be, you know, in a jumpsuit, essentially. You're going to have a Danny <laughs> Rick race suit for oh, Alpha Tower. So i looking like me. a mechanic or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, oddly enough, I get an email this morning that the next line of his enchanté or his next collection of his enchanté clothing line is dropping. So <laughs> they dropped the email on that today. Perfect timing
1: cuz I got I got
0: on yesterday looking and that crap's way too expensive though. Yeah. His wine is too and I bet it's not that good. He's also part of a, a brewery in uh where at? Somewhere in France or something like that. He's he's got a, a not, not somewhere he's got a brewery. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> Should be, right? Um so yeah,
1: uh, that'll be awesome. Glad to hear you setting fast times, I bet the truth is a little bit of everything. I bet there's been conversations going on for a while, especially as DeVries has been sucking, um, especially as chekho has been sucking. I'm sure they've been like, Danny, you, you, you ready back there? Like, yeah,
0: um, so it'll be fun. <laughs> I just watch. imagine Danny's sitting there next to Christian Horner on the pit wall. And Checo puts in some bad time, and Danny's like, ooh, that's not good, is it, Christian? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Did you I, see I, I that? Did you that? see how slow he was? <laughs> he was like a full second back, Christian. Did you see that? Oh, man. Uh, Can you imagine if he out-qualifies Checo at any point? This in season? an AlphaTauri? Oh, my God. You see, this is the fun. Like, Pressure's
1: going to be on Danny, but it's also kind of like the whole Alex Albon situation where it's the fun kind of pressure, where no one's expecting you to win a race. And anything you do to beat your teammate, beat other people, is just icing on the cake. Like, you know, Danny needs to go to AlphaTauri, help develop that car, not suck, and get a few points throughout the season. That is what he needs to do. But anything above and beyond that is just pure fun. Unlike Checo, who is... If that guy back there gets in front of you, it's going to look really bad. You're expecting <laughs> really bad. P2
0: every time. Like Every time Checo looks back, it's like that movie Halloween where Michael Myers is just yes. standing there. All right. Well, yes. speaking about Alex Albon, let's get onto that. All right, all right. So a, so a lot of not really rumors, but a lot of interest is starting to. There's a lot of buzz around Alex Albon lately because of how well he's doing in that Williams car. To yep. the point where some teams and some people within the Formula One world are kind of suggesting that maybe he should move on. And there was a, a report recently that came out where Fred Vasseur from Ferrari was basically saying that if something happens, alluding that if Carlos were to leave the team or something, that he would want to put Alex Albon in a Ferrari, which on the surface seems kind of cool. But Hell I no. think, right? Hell I th- no. <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> So you're Alex Albon. Fred Vasseur comes to you. You're not taking it. No. Well, how many zeros are we talking? We're <laughs> <laughs> like, no, wait a second. Wait, don't leave Whoa, me. <laughs> wait, all
1: right. Alex is probably making two, three million a year over there. You know, if he throws 25 mil at me, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably, probably taking that. Right, right. I, yeah. I can cry in my Ferrari, you know. Be okay. <laughs> um, but on the sport level of it, man, Williams is making great strides forward. Um, and Ferrari's just not power unit issues, like crazy strategy issues. Um, you know, as a works team that is Williams, having Mercedes as your developer, if you will, I take that every day of the week over Ferrari. It's kind of like the whole Alpha Tower and Red Bull thing. Helmet Marco's like, we're gonna have that Alpha take every bit of legal, air quotes, legal things we can from that red bull and put it on that alpha next year like if you did the same thing with mercedes look at racing point remember in 2019 racing point just had the 2018 mercedes and how the pink good mercedes they did? Yep. yeah it was the pink mercedes and they were crushing it that's what got checo in a red bull right williams is doing the same thing right now i think i'd stick around with williams a little longer not ferrari's just too much of a dumpster fire
0: yeah you look at their trajectory both of them over the past couple of years like if you have a a, a line graph you see, Williams is steadily on the increase. They are. And Ferrari dropped, got kind dropped of steady. Hard. Oh, very hard. Like, got fell kind off of steady. the freaking
1: map. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, like, they may, maybe peaked back up on the map like a little peekaboo. But now they're just like, they're not. They're kind of stagnant and, in many cases, sliding back down again. I'd um, put them on a so... downward slope right now. I really would. Um,
1: like, like I said at the beginning, you have a fast car with a subpar team. And that's the frustrating part because generally the car is the hardest part. How do you get a fast car? Well, Ferrari's got it. They've just managed to hire the dumbest people in the world to be their strategists. <laughs> like, I just
0: don't <laughs> I don't get it. It's not it's not working out from a personnel standpoint. It's not. And there's making no inroads to fix it. I if I'm Alex Albon, I ain't moving. Yeah. I, not I, a, I at the, least not to Ferrari. Right. Yeah, I I think the future at Williams is bright, and the future at Ferrari is murky and very unclear. Very. Um,
1: That's my two cents. At the same time, we just saw Helmut Marco and Christian Horner have been discussing Charles Leclerc's contract ending in a couple of years and maybe putting him in the Red Bull. That could be interesting. That could be. That could be. I'm I'm not... I'm not
0: so sure. They had on the that same
1: one. conversation about Lando too. So LeClaire, I know you want to go to Aston and that makes the most sense. Uh, Lando Norris, if you're in that McLaren, I know there, everyone's on a high after last weekend. You get an offer to go to Red Bull. Do you take it?
0: I, that's a tough one because I don't want to see that. I like Lando Yeah. Um, I don't know. I would rather see Lando be a number one driver at a team with some sort of promise. I think that Lando could potentially win a championship. If he's the number two driver at Red Bull, I don't think that's going to happen. But I mean, right now, even the number one driver at any other team is not going to be a world champion. But I think that I'd prefer to see Lando in another team. I don't want to see him paired up against Max Verstappen. I think their, their longevity in the sport is pretty similar, and he will always just play second fiddle at that point um Yeah. So, yeah, I, and they're I think that friends. he's in a good spot. You don't
1: really want to see the deterioration of them turning into Nico Rosberg, Lewis Hamilton.
0: Yep. Like, I mean, like we all, drivers. we all, we know what happens. Lando would show up with his girlfriend. Next thing you know, Max is going to take his girlfriend, just like he did Daniel Kvyat. (laughs) He's going to take his girlfriend. He's going to crush his dreams. Lando's going to be down in a Haas somewhere with with no girlfriend and no aspirations and no possibility of winning a championship. (laughs) You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Same thing with Charlotte Claire. Charlotte claire has got a girlfriend, too. You want yeah. to keep her? Don't go to Max. <laughs> don't partner with Max. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. No, but th- that's my two cents. I don't think Albon, I-, I don't think it's a good idea to leave. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, I think he stays, especially if it's Ferrari. All, All right, right. So let's go to that. Let's go to that quality reform. All right. So this came about, this is uh, an interview that happened uh, right before the Austrian Grand Prix. And the issue that pops up, a track like Austria, it's a short track. You got 20 cars trying to qualify on a track that's that short. You're bound to have issues. We saw, you know, Carlos Sainz, all these other people were impeding each other. Everybody's trying to wait for the optimal time to get out. And Fernando Alonso and Carlos Sainz did an interview, and they both suggested maybe we go back to the one-lap shootout that they had in the early 2000s. Um, You know, it's good for, he was saying it's a lot better for putting pressure on drivers because you only get one chance there's only one car on track at a time so you really get to see who can handle the pressure but there are some downfalls to it right so say you go out first somebody else goes out eventually the weather starts to change and it starts raining the The guys right so there's a lot of jeopardy which alonzo was all for because he he said it was exciting back then because you had a lot of cars that normally wouldn't be on pole. That because of the variability of you know weather conditions, track conditions, track evolution, and all that, you'd see a lot of cars that generally nowadays wouldn't be starting higher up would be starting up uh, at the front of the grid. So it would kind of switch up the order, which I mean sounds kind of exciting to me because you get like our predictions every week. It's like oh, who's going to get pole? Max, Max is going to get pole, and so you might you get a little bit of of, of changes in there.
1: Yeah, it makes me think, you remember that, uh, it's a pretty popular video, the, when they were asking Lewis Hamilton um, if we should do a reverse grid, and Lewis yes. just put his head down and said, people don't, don't know what they're talking about, and Vettel piped up and was like, that's freaking stupid, um, and they've tried it before, and the race generally, it generally adds danger Cause there's a lot more slow cars being passed by fast cars, which is like fun to watch, but it does add danger and it didn't shake up the end results all that much. And we see that in the sprint shootout. We see that the couple of times it does rain and Nico Hulkenberg ends up on P2 and then finishes the race back in P17 where his car would end up anyway. So it would be fun. I'm not knocking that like it would add some entertainment, but would it actually do much? I don't I don't know. I think it might add some Saturday entertainment but Sunday generally will shake out the same way. Um like I can it's also kind of fun that on Austria you better have a good team strategist and an engineer that's paying attention otherwise you're going to get you know enough impeding penalties to start at the back of the grid. Ocon, <laughs> Signs, Gasly. <laughs> um like that that's, I think that's part of the teamness of the sport. I don't know that I, I don't know if I'd want to do the shootout, like it'd be fun, go yeah. ahead and throw it in there. Like you're saying, do it for like the sprint weekend when you already do a one lap shootout for the sprint race, yes. that race yeah. is short enough. Like do that, that could be good entertainment instead of just a shorter quality, change the whole format. But I think for the actual grand Prix, it doesn't, it's not my favorite.
0: Yeah. I, I did like Carlos Sainz made two suggestions. So he's basically suggested if you do the one lap shootout, a lot of people might think it's kind of boring. I think it'd be kind of cool to watch just the one car you get to see go around. And his suggestion was to spice it up, utilize technology and put a ghost car on the TV screen. He was like, with today's technology, there's no reason they couldn't superimpose a ghost car so you could see whoever's the fastest. And you're watching from whoever's view. You see where the actual ghost car is in relation to them. And the on ghost car is Nick DeVries or Nicholas Latifi. <laughs> 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 I think that would be pretty cool. And his, <laughs> other su- his other suggestion was that on a shorter track like uh, Austria, for Q1, since you got 20 cars on the track at that time, split the grid in half. Just for Q1, split the time in half and each team has one car that goes out, so you've only got 10 cars on the track at each time during Q1, and then you have a standard Q2, Q3, Um, which logistically kind of makes sense just because you'll see some of these tracks where people are all vying for spots to the point where sometimes you have a race just to get to the line before zero hits, which I think is also pretty entertaining, but it causes a lot of issues as well. I I don't know. I'm kind of a fan of the chaos a lot of times. I like the chaos,
1: Uh, and I like the... The strategy behind it, plus uh, doing things that shake up the Sunday starting grid is fun and all, but I just kind of go back to it doesn't generally make that big of a difference. Like if you're in a slow race car, doesn't matter if you're Charles Leclerc and put it on P1.
0: Enjoy, you know, falling off the podium. Not going to happen. Uh, I do. I think overall, yeah, I enjoy the current quality format where you have cars that get knocked out the whole knockout format. I like that. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah,
1: I wish. My favorite thing that I wish they'd bring back, and I kind of get the logistics behind not doing it, was used to during Q2, those were the tires you started on. And I loved that because everyone always you got an idea of what everyone's race strategy was. You, you know, the top 10 would be always trying to start on mediums, but if you don't set a fast enough time, you're gonna go throw a set of softs on, but now you're starting the race on a set of softs that don't last as long for track position. I loved the strategy behind q2 is your race tires i did Um, like that i like i like that a ton i wish they'd bring that back i thought that added so much thought process into you know you'd have cars that were in p10 on softs like hoping someone would beat them so they could fall to p11 so they could pick whatever tire they wanted and change the whole strategy up like i thought that was so great i wish they'd bring that back
0: that was pretty cool yeah, it seems like a lot of the changes that have gone on lately have not really been the best with like some of the sprint formats and all that. But, you know, I'm I'm a fan of trying things, trying new things every once in a while. Yeah, you are. I, I am. Trying new, <laughs> new drivers, Danny Rick in the Alpha Tower. <laughs> uh, I agree. I'm down to like try it
1: out, but it, it doesn't sound. It's not like, oh, yeah, do that. Unless we bring Nicholas Latifi in a ghost car back. I'm, I'm all for that.
0: <laughs> Just putting, I want to see a, a shootout. Nicholas Latifi, Lance Stroll. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a, a survivor shootout, race. Make it, yeah, survivor race.
1: <laughs> DeVries, K-Mag, Stroll, and Latifi. <laughs> oh my God, last man standing. <laughs> Just
0: an exhibition race <laughs> on a Saturday. That would be uh, hilarious. That would be what track would you put them on? I think I'd put them on Spa. On ooh, I don't know. Maybe something like Monaco or something like that. I don't know. Ooh, Mon- I mean
1: Monaco. They'd make it through turn two, and then all be dead.
0: Be <laughs> like, oh, that didn't last long. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, we uh, coming up on the Hungarian Grand Prix. Everybody, I think, probably the most hotly anticipated race of the season at this point, just because. Yeah. Danny Ricardo's coming back. Um, Probably going to be the saddest race for Nick DeVries. Uh, But (laughs) such is life, I guess. I hear there's a Chinese F4
1: league that might be interested. (laughs) (laughs) Too
0: soon? Too soon?
1: (laughs) Oh my God. All right. (laughs) Nicholas Latifi knows a guy.
0: Where has he been? Where's Nicholas? I think Antini he's been. in the Chinese F4 league. That's what I heard. That's where I heard that from. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen anything of this guy. It's like he just like went off the place of the earth and just went to hide. The hiding. goat just rode off into the sunset. Maybe, man. That's the way to do it instead of trying to make all these comebacks, like Nikita Mazespin, who now is a DJ apparently. Apparently, I saw this. Mazespin <laughs> all over again, man. Yeah, right. Went from spinning cars to spinning records. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. All right, guys. Well, if you like this podcast, make sure and leave us a rating and a review if you can on whatever platform you're listening to. And make sure you share this with a friend. And uh, we'll be back next week for a uh, the Hungarian Grand Prix prediction pod, which is going to be exciting. I'm super pumped for that one. So it's going to be it for today. So on that note, stay classy, America. We'll see you next time.